the only thing I offer is paying for things sometimes. So um, you'll spend your money on something bad and pointless just to be entertaining with it when it arrives. <laughs> What's this do? Why'd I buy this gizmadoodle? Oh, it turned me gay. <laughs> oh, Ryan. Ryan bought the gay ray. Let's see what he does with the, <laughs> the next. gay ray. I actually He's my leg. I bought the gay ray Leota by mistake. I don't have an impression of him. I just brought it, and he's very quiet. He doesn't say anything, and isn't funny or part of a joke. You're listening to Critical End, episode 91. The episode that was a little late for the Oscars. About six months ago or so, Logan. I don't know. Was it that long? When did the King's Speech come out? Um, I think six months is about right. Because mm-hmm. the Oscars were in February, and King's Speech actually kind of snuck up on everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, once I think when people started actually hearing about it and reading reviews, it had already been out for like two weeks. Right. And then by because by at that point everyone's like, oh, it's going to be Social Network. It's a big shoe in to win. Yeah. Um, Which I still then, thought. Yeah, I know. I thought so too because Social Network, I think, as we discussed, is kind of like a generational film. Um, like it's one that you look back on as a best picture. You're like, well, this defines this generation right here. Right. Um, that's why I think it was worthy of that. Um, however, no, King's Speech kind of snuck up on everybody, and you know, I guess uh, about two or three weeks before the Oscars, everyone's like, oh, it's got to be King's Speech without a doubt. Which I was like, nope, you're wrong. You just, I thought that people were just following the zeitgeist, but I was like, it's still going to be social. But I was wrong. It was, it was the King's Speech, one best picture, and we didn't even see it, so we decided to rectify that this week. Um, and the other connection is uh, we couldn't do it before this week because it wasn't available on DVD. That's true. Um, and we're not, we're not about to illegal download and support terrorists. And I'm not going to uh, go see that PG-13 version in theaters. I, did it actually come out? Because I have like, I've I think it was read, a limited release. And I've seen threats of it, but I know it actually happened. I think it's um, out. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I, I mean, I believe you. It might be playing somewhere. The only reason I think it's out is because I heard it wasn't doing well. Like, I heard it didn't make a lot of I, money. I, I feel like anyone who wants to see King's Speech would have seen would have seen it already. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, or just wait. Need, like, stop them. Right, or just wait for it on DVD. Like, I feel like that's the culture is now a culture of it'll come out on Netflix, I'll see it then. Although, I understand from a friend who has done some research on this kind of thing that there are still people... Like, for example, you know how... Um, Blockbuster, not Blockbuster, how uh, studios have this thing now where they're like, okay, it's going to be 30 days until we actually release a movie you know, that's on DVD, yeah. or 30 days until it comes to Netflix. Now they're like going to extend that to even longer. So it's going to be maybe 30 to 60 days after a DVD's out that they actually let Netflix uh, have it slash stream it, right? Right. But, and so I wrote an article actually on the site where I was like, that is uh, ludicrous, it'll never work because if I, if I was so lack, late, like lazy about seeing a movie that I didn't bother seeing it in theaters that I'm certainly not going to go buy it on DVD. I'm going to just wait for it to be on Netflix. It's like, okay, I could have I could have spent the $11 to see it in theaters on a big screen. What makes you think I'm going to spend 15 to 20 to 
own it when I could exactly. spend nothing to have it in another 30 days. I clearly don't care about timeliness. I didn't see it in there. Anyway, so I'm like, I wrote this whole thing. He was like, actually, that's, that's bullshit because the studies have been done that if you're in Best Buy and you're just kind of hanging out and you see Batman Begins, you're like, oh, I never saw Batman. Oh, it's not on Netflix yet. Ah, I'll just buy it. There are people, enough people who do that that makes it actually very valuable for these companies to not bring stuff to Netflix right away, which I find uh, annoying. Because I'm yes. not one of those well, people, and I just want to see it on Netflix. Right. <laughs> I'll be the one to go out on a limb here and say people are assholes, and this proves it. Um, <laughs> not only that, they're really dumb assholes, too. Uh, just every, universally everyone. Just, everyone but me. I, this no, is why I, I stay locked. I agree with your exception. This is why I stay locked in my apartment, which I call Fort Awesome, by the way. <laughs> and I don't let anybody in, because they're not awesome enough to be in Fort Awesome. Well, we know no girls uh, are allowed. No girls allowed. That's uh, and no rhymes on Tuesdays. Right. Because that's when the girls come by. Wait, no girls. Oh man, I gotta change that. Stuff. Anyway, long story short, uh, no, we, I, I've, I'm, not, I'm never afraid to say these things, but I guarantee you that it, you know that guy's right, probably, because there are enough stupid people in the world who do this sort of thing, and I'm just saying that for my own, because from where I stand, I've never been one of those people to buy a single film without um, seeing it first. I only do that if it's like five dollars or less where it's like oh roadhouse that'd be funny to own like yeah exactly or one of those things that yeah exactly if it's cheap enough maybe you'll do it but the uh, we're talking about you know the first 30 days this is when this movie's at its most expensive for exactly the um but i don't know like the whole when i really look at a uh dvd cover and then flip it over and read the back and everything all that is i mean all that stuff what it's doing is it's trying to sell you on this movie sure um so with that in mind none of that's ever applied to me because i'm buying the movie because i know i already like it right, right. um so and you know, I, I mean, if you're a fan of that movie, half the stuff you read in the back doesn't make any sense anyway. It's yeah, like, exactly. this wasn't really in the film. You're just trying to play it up to sell the movie, you know, that kind of a thing. And they're telling me other films Tom Cruise has been in. Yeah, um, it's like, you might remember him. Lawyer Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible. The upcoming Mission Impossible, you know, whatever, next. I'm like, okay, who are the dumb people that don't know what Tom Cruise has been in before? Right. Why are you buying a Tom Cruise movie if you don't know who he is? But actually, it's more like the dumb people who don't know enough about Tom Cruise, but they have seen his other movies to, like, recommend it to. It's like, oh, the guy from Mission Impossible 3. Oh, oh, yeah. okay, I will buy Magnolia. These, these are the people that when I start talking about the movies, they were, they say, and this is exactly the word, they say, what did he play in? I'm like, well, uh, play the in? playground on Thursday? Yeah. I'm a bit confused as to your question. Uh, but it's, I don't, I don't the whole thing is, this is a weird world we live in. But the, what it gets back to, Ryan, um, long story short, is that King's Speech just came out Tuesday. Uh, yes, and uh, it was a, it was not available in my local Redbox, or at least wasn't available in time. So I actually tried renting it from Xbox, and that was an okay experience. I enjoyed it. That worked out for you. Yeah, it was a little expensive, but hey, this podcast is worth it. This podcast is free. In this case, that's the only thing. That's the only reason timeliness ever matters to me is to record these shows. I would just be like, I'll see King's Beast when it's good and free. That's uh, you know, I, I think we've mentioned this before too. If we didn't have our critical in duty, we would never go to the theaters because it kills us too, for the most part. Yeah, I mean, and I hate to say Plus, that. I hate to say that's the case, but I don't particularly like the theater experience anymore. Neither do I. Unless it was like a big film that I like, I, we had to see right away for some reason. Um, like for instance, Chevy's new vacation film. Sure. Uh, um, something like that. Uh, I can't like honestly, that's the only example I have. I can't think of a single. A movie that would get me to the theaters right now is that terrible? Nah, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Station five, yes. Um, but yeah, we would just—I have Netflix everything. Because as it is, the movies we don't see, I put on my Netflix as soon as they come out. Mm -hmm. uh, so that way, when the actual uh, DVD comes out, they'll send it to me right away. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, Netflix was good this time, though. And despite everyone saying that you know they're not putting money into their physical DVD rentals and all that anymore, there was no wait on King's Speech. I don't know why. 
because uh, this was the Best Picture nomination. I yeah. remember when I, so I think I'm still waiting on Some Dog Millionaire, actually. Yeah. Well, uh, we tried to do our Scream podcast. I did have a problem because uh, even though Scream one and two had been out for years. Uh, that was right around Scream 4 weekend, so everybody apparently was trying to catch up like I was. But yeah, King's Speech didn't seem to have a wait. I just couldn't get my other DVDs returned in time. Ah, um, uh, yes. It's always you, the rub. It's, that's the rub, alright. That's how it rubs you. That's how it rubs you. So, <laughs> so Netflix stopped rubbing us, is what we're saying. Basically. Uh, although I'd pay more if they did rub me. For well, speaking of premium Netflix services rubbing you, uh, let's talk about a little film about a ni- early 19th century king. Uh, called King's Speech, shall we? Yeah, let's do so. This is based on a true story, right, Ryan? It is. Uh, wait, I guess it's wait, 20th century. Yes. Yeah, early 20th uh, century King. The yeah. century doesn't matter. It's old. It's All right, the, whatever. It's, yeah. So Colin Firth, in a Best Actor winning performance, plays uh, King George the Sixth, probably. Yes. And uh, yeah, and, yeah. Who cares? Wasn't a bubble on Netflix. You know what? I didn't see it. I don't like it. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> anyway. I got this tote bag. No, okay. So, <laughs> I'll tell you about that, though. That's why, that's why I bought uh, King's Speech without having seen it. Best Buy was offering a free King's Speech tote bag. I wish we had some sort of analytics on this conversa- on this uh, podcast where you could see where people drop off the podcast. Of like, Are they going to ever talk about the movie, or do they actually drop off when we start talking about the movie? <laughs> I think it's about the time um, we start talking about the movie, they fast forward to the end, because then they want to hear what we were talking about at the beginning, which was nothing related to film whatsoever. They just want to hear the jokes about the part where we were talking about the movie, not the actual movie part. Uh, anywho, King's Speech, yeah. Colin Firth, he's a king. He starts out as the Duke, and over the course of the movie, he you know, becomes the king when his father dies, played by uh, king, king whatever, George the whatever, played by... Um, uh, played by King George. Played by the actual the king. Bit of casting. Played by uh, Michael Gambone, that's who it is. Yes, yeah, I, which I didn't realize until the credits. I don't know why I didn't recognize that right away. Yeah. And then uh, his brother, his older brother, should be king, uh, Guy Pierce, but uh, he does, he's, wants to run off with some American trollop, Logan. So what's this Guy Pierce, who's supposedly his older? But I, there's I wasn't buying the age there. That's true. He is supposed to be older. I never thought of that. Yeah, he doesn't look older. Um, but anyway, he abdicates. Uh, side note is that uh, this makes Guy Pierce one. Uh, the, he's already pretty rare in that no one really I think remembers Guy Pierce now. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't look so much like his mementos slash time machine days anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still there, I think. Anyway, uh, but Guy Pierce is one of the rare people to appear in back-to-back Best Picture winners. Um, really? This. And then last year, yes, he was in The Hurt Locker. Oh, okay. In both movies, no one even remembers Guy Pierce as being in. And it's funny, because whenever King's Speech was brought up, I was like, oh, yeah, that new, this is back before everyone knew where King's Speech was going. I was like, oh, yeah, that Guy Pierce movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only person who ever says that, though, to I be fair. Only, yeah, I say about every movie, just assuming he's in it at some they point. Could be it's, making, it's just Jackson. <laughs> they could be making um, Memento, too, and people would be like, yeah, Joey Pantalone has a new movie. Uh, <laughs> so it's a prequel now? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really how the timeline for Memento, too. Well, that's how Memento is, Logan. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers. Um, anyway, <laughs> can I? Let me get the, let me get the plot out real quick. Okay, go for it. So, uh, he has a stammering problem. He's always had it, Colin Firth. And now that he's king, he's got to do all these speeches. Oh, he can't speak. So, Jeffrey Rush is a speech therapist who's going to help him uh, get over his stammering, along with his loving and supporting wife, Helena Bonham Carter. Um, and so, it's the whole thing is about this unlikely friendship between this speech, speech therapist and this king, and uh, and how uh, 
you know, triumph of the human spirit, et cetera, et cetera. So the the plot itself is is serviceable, and you know, the story is fine. It's like you sort of know he's probably going to get over it and be a good speaker, but um, the it's elevated by the writing, which is smart, and the performances, which are really great and truly truly Oscar worthy. Jeffrey Rush didn't win though, did he? No, I, in fact, I was trying to figure out if he was even nominated. Oh, I think he was, wasn't he? Um, I, okay. We don't know anything. Probably deserved as well. Um, uh, Colin Firth won, of course. Colin Firth. Forth, Colin Firth. Colin the Fourth. Um, yes, he did win. Um, I, I can't remember who else was nominated. I know uh, Jeff Bridges was because that was, once again, kind of like the guy Pierce saying, Jeff Bridges won the year before when Colin Firth was also nominated. Um, so this year, Jeff Bridges lost while Colin Firth actually won. Does that right. make sense? Yes. Um, Oh, he's got an Oscar uh, already from '96. Who's that? Uh, Jeffrey Rush. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. From like Shine. Shine yeah. Maybe? Yeah. There we go. Okay. <laughs> okay. I do remember that. No. Uh, no. Firth. I don't. Like I said, I don't know who else was nominated this year's besides Jeff Bridges. But Firth was totally deserved. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, not only you know is he a cool enough guy that I think during our Oscar uh, live blog thing, as soon as that happened, we were all like, you know, great job, Colin Firth. We're he's been he's been doing great work for years, and recently he's been doing work that I feel like isn't. Up to like he, and it's not no fault of his own, but it's like he should be getting better parts, like you know, doing Nanny McPhee and stuff, which I guess yeah. Emma Thompson's yes. a friend, but like that's like oh my god, just playing the the put upon British guy is right. He, he can do better. Much, he was a stuck in romantic comedy land for a while, right. um, but if you go back to uh, it's yeah, it's there's romantic but not much comedy here. His uh, television, the BBC production of Pride and Prejudice, you can sure. totally see this great actor, um, and I'm so I'm glad he's finally kind of fallen into that now. Uh, but this also, he's he's good in the comedy side, too, and he gets to show a bit of that in King's Beach mm-hmm. uh, with his awkwardness. Uh, but, yeah, no, he's really great in this movie. Uh, Gregory Rush is really great. Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey Rush. Gregory Rush was great. Uh, he was a tap dancer. <laughs> yeah, guy, he's right? actually the caterer. You don't know. Yeah, the caterer. <laughs> really strong performance. Uh, oddly enough, he catered the Hurt Locker. Isn't that weird? <laughs> it is weird. That almost never happens. Yeah, but everybody remembers that Guy Pierce catered it, which is wrong. <laughs> guy Pierce only brought his lunch. <laughs> a lot of people don't realize. His wife made him brown bag. <laughs> we need to save the money, she said. <laughs> now, I have it's a question. Why is Guy Pierce's wife you in a funny voice? Because it seems like... Ron, I get to in this story, I married Guy Pierce. What a life. We're, <laughs> what we're part of the Jet Set crowd now. <laughs> what a life, I tell you. Me, Logan, marrying Guy Pierce. Who ever thought it would happen like this? Anywho, back to the show. Oh, uh, anyway. man, we don't have a lot to say about this movie. I wonder if people no, can tell. No, I have a lot to say about Guy Pierce. I think. Say more so about him. <laughs> Memento 3 is when it really hit its stride, I thought. Yeah, by that point, they were in the future, because the <laughs> second one, when Joe came back, was a prequel. Right. Memento um, 3 takes place, uh, actually, in a completely different series of movies. That's the twist at the end. We find out, it's actually the Matrix 4, because we find out that Memento 1 and 2 were within the Matrix, and that's why time was all walkie. Right, that explains... Uh, uh, Carrie, what's her face's participation? What's her face? Exactly right. See, I didn't even know I was making that connection. Hey, they were both in. Her and Joe Face were in. Uh, both in the Matrix. Uh, yeah, look at that. Uh huh. Third base. And you know what? I'd already, I'd already forgotten. First of all, that uh, George Carlin's dead. Um, yes. But I forgot that George Carlin appeared as uh, in one of the scary movies doing a parody of the architect from the Matrix Two or whatever. Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah. And not only hold on, but the thing I when I remember that I actually thought that I was wrong and that he was the architect in the Matrix movies because I can actually see George Carlin getting cast and doing that sort of ca- uh, role. Oh yeah, and then they'd have a Bill and Ted reunion. But uh, yes, exactly. But as it turns out, no, he was not. I no, he wasn't. However, uh, actually, solid news on Bill and Ted three. All of a sudden, did you hear that? Like, Keanu Reeves is always banding it about, but now, like, apparently, they're like, nope, script's done. We're ready to, to start looking at. It. Like, Alex Winter tweeted that he has a script in his hands. He's reading it right now. 
Unless he tweeted a picture of it too, I don't believe it. Well, good point. I think I've told. <laughs> well, we checkmate, a... sir. Well, right, we live in a world we can tweet pictures now. Okay, just do it already. <laughs> You're right. He's a selfish bastard. That Alex. One line for me, Alex. Come on. It's true. That is totally um, true. Now the uh, the thing with uh, Bill and Ted is that's become you know I think I have a new one of these movies uh, every two years or so but that is right now is that film that I won't believe uh, until I actually see the first clip or trailer or something like that. You don't think don't Ghostbusters know, three is still that film? Um, that go- actually uh, Ghostbusters three I just don't believe in. You just don't. You just not even not, like even if it, it it opens next week I I won't believe it exists. Right. Um. All right, that's fair. Yeah, I I can't I still can't see Ghostbusters three. On a marquee or anything. I just now, like Bill Ted, you know, third Bill and Ted movie. That seems more impossible than Ghostbusters three. It does, right? Because like, who would? But I mean, like, that's not yeah. like who would be like. You're right, bankable franchise. Let's go back to the Bill and Ted well. But I would totally see it. But um, no, we would. But here's the thing. Okay, people always talk about um, like the Ghostbusters series. You still see people wearing you know uh, Ghostbusters t-shirts. A lot of right? money there. They always talk about uh, Back to the Future, you know, and those sure. get references as well. Sure. I don't know anyone who really ever brings up Bill and Ted, and it's really just of our generation and a few years before. Right, it's a limited scope. That's that's it totally the it. thing. Exactly right. Um, yeah, I agree. So, anyway. Um, but I like the fact that Keanu Reeves would do it. I just like that he's on, he's now, like, his career has gone, like, way up, and but it didn't even go way down. Like, he was, like, really respectable for a while, and now he's just like, oh, it's Keanu Reeves, he can do what he wants. Like, he's, like, reasonably bankable, not really opening many movies anymore, but he's also not, like, on the Hollywood, like, D-list or anything. He's just like, yeah, he's probably making money. What's he been in recently that's made any money? Well, see, I was thinking the last time I remember going to the theaters and seeing Keanu Reeves was The Day the Earth Stood Still, which was terrible, I thought. Oh, that's oh. right. That didn't make and- much money, did it? No, I, I don't think it was a big hit. Uh, but, so. yeah, pretty bad movie. But now, yeah, I, I don't feel like that movie killed his career, though. You know what I mean? No. But at the same time, I don't, besides, I guess people were rushing out to see The Matrix because it was The Matrix. I don't think anyone's really rushed out to see a Keanu Reeves movie before because Keanu Reeves is in The Literally on this list of movies, the only movie, the, the first movie I've even heard of on this list is Day the Earth Stood Still. There's, like, a bunch of stuff in 2009, 2010, I don't even know what it is. Wow. And before that, all I can think of is, like, Constantine. Which a I Scanner also... Darkly, I guess that was fairly... Yeah, kind of well received. No, oh, yeah, no, it was that was uh, Richard Linkletter or whatever his name yeah. is. All this stuff he usually does. He's he's got got like he doesn't really work that much, Keanu. He's done like one movie. Uh-huh. He didn't even do anything in two thousand seven. This is why maybe he's just not getting. Or two thousand four. Well, let's face it. We you know Bill and Ted was like the only role he's really up to. Well, I'm not gonna say. Look, he's not a great actor, but he is. He's still sort of likable. You know, like I don't mind no, seeing him. Likable, and he's very serviceable in the uh, sort of naive bystander thrust into a certain situation role. Like, I, I guess that's why he worked well at The Matrix. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, even, like, Speed, I don't think anyone was rushing out to see it because of him. I just, you know, Speed was, like, a cool concept at the time. People want to see it in action. I will say that you're right in that Bill and Ted's the only thing he's been in where I feel like he is successfully that's... realizing a character here. Right, exactly, yeah. Like, he's, just... he doesn't look like he's acting and failing at it. This is us giving a critical in-depth analysis of the Bill and Ted movie. You know, we got to talk about something on these things. It's a successfully realized character. I'm well, other to... successfully realized characters were found in uh, whatever the hell we're talking about this week. Uh, King's Speech. Yeah, King's Speech. That's the one. I'm just looking at pictures of Bill and Ted's bogus journey now. You, you lost <laughs> me. I'm sorry. See if you can find some uh, some fan composited photos from the upcoming Bill and Ted movie. I will. One, one I just made of Alex Winters reading the script. <laughs> 
He actually specifically said in his tweet that he hadn't started reading it yet. So I guess he was like, I'm excited now. We'll see how it but goes. How long ago was his tweet? Because it might be bad if he didn't, like, <laughs> well, that's, tweet he a didn't follow, follow up, up on like it. Wait, minutes. I should go to find Alex Winter's Twitter and, and get this all sorted out. Hold on. Furthermore, what is uh, Alex Winters doing on Twitter? Like, who would follow Alex Winters, I guess? Uh, only Still everyone. Open. Only me now that I know he has one. <laughs> Which I thought I just made it up for the story I was telling, but... <laughs> I just learned what I said. Script for third Bill and Ted movie finished, according to Alex Winter. Okay. Come on, Internet. Don't fail me now. Wait, that's it? No, hold on. Hold on. There's more. I read this earlier, but I didn't save the link or anything. And now it's on this other site that's not... It's a different site. Um, okay, the tweet read, read as follows. Uh, Bill and Ted 3... Oh, here we go. Wait. All right, so actually... Oh, here we go. Alex Winter's Twitter. Okay. The original tweet was, Bill and Ted 3, less than, less than six weeks away and counting, question mark, like he's not sure. Movie is going to kick some ass. Oh, wait, okay, I'm sorry. Okay, I misread this. This is my Twitter net lack of knowledge. Okay, hold on. Yeah. So, recently, Keanu Reeves was like, oh, it's, it's less than six weeks away from them finishing it, right? Right, yes. Finishing yeah. the script, that is. So, some random dude tweeted this. He tweeted, uh, Bill and Ted 3, less than six weeks away and counting, movie's going to kick some ass. Random dude says that, okay? Yeah. Then, uh, Alex Winter replies to him on Twitter, just got the script and now to read. So, let us go back to Alex Winter's Twitter and see what else he has said since then. Because, like I said, if he, hasn't, if he just completely dropped it after that, that could be a bad sign. Uh, this was yesterday when Alex Winter tweeted this. Damn. Since then, he has retweeted a random thing that doesn't make any sense and said and re- made some hilarious reply to some other, other run-related things. So he hasn't posted anything about Bill and Ted 3 today at all. Interesting. I can't imagine this being a script that has like red pages where it's like don't don't let this get Look, out at all. Yeah, we don't want to reveal the secret ending to Bill and Ted Three. Right. Um. Whatever. I'm just as excited about this as I. No, so am I. As I uh, but once again, you, I think if anything, you just proved that it's not going to happen <laughs> for me at least. Um. So we'll see. This is like I said. I won't believe until there's I see an the first actual. We know there's a script now, though. Uh, it's Alex Winters. He's blonde, right? They could just give him like a title page for Bill and Ted Three. That's true. And they made a flip book inside of Bill and Ted walking down the street. I will say this Twitter is not that interesting. If you're wondering if Alex Winter's Twitter is interesting, it's... Every time I find out someone I like has a Twitter, I'll go and I'll look at it, and everything seems to be like RTs and things like that where they connect to like, and reply to other people. There's yeah. a lot of fan interaction going on, yeah. Yeah, which I guess that's cool if I was a... You know, well, I am a fan of that person. But like, it, it's not enough for me to be interested. And so, so it's so choppy, too. I'm like, well, I don't have to go to this one random guy's Twitter and see what he said that now Michael and Black's replying to, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, but... Well, first of all, you don't have to. You can just click off to the side and it does it for you. But... Uh, I agree with you. I don't use Twitter that much. However, I just real saw on Alex Winter's Twitter page that if I like Alex Winter, I should be following Joe Dante. It seems like uh, you'd probably read his Twitter. Um, no, yeah, actually, uh, Joe Dante's in one of my news feeds, so I do follow his. But once again, never that interesting of anything. Uh, he's like, now I'm in France. Um, and then he usually posts the exact same updates that I'm getting from trailers from hell as well. Yeah, he's he's retweeting those. It looks like exactly yeah. right, right. Um, which, like a lot of people with Twitter, I think. The concept like attracted him. He, the, if you go with, like to his early days, there's a lot of cool stuff he was saying and everything. But then, kind of like you know, it, it tweeters off after a while. It tweeters off. That's a great like, phrase. It's like, oh, it's really he, you know he was active for a week, but then he tweeted off. Yeah, he tweeted off. Uh, I like that. But then you have uh, yeah other celebrities, Michael and Black being the prime example. That you know every three hours we'll we'll like tweet something brilliant. Yeah, did you see his Michael and Black for Taco Bell campaign? No, I haven't, but it he, sounds That's awesome. all he's been tweeting about recently. It was just like uh, he wants everybody to tweet Taco Bell's Twitter to get Michael Ian Black as their spokesman. 
<laughs> He'll get away with this, too. It's, it's not worked, but yeah. Oh, no, no, it'll be awesome. Um, yeah, uh, another Michael and Black-related news. My sister is telling me about his podcast where him and his pal just eat snacks and talk the whole time. See, um, that's the kind of podcast we should have. I feel I, I, don't, I feel bad for not knowing the other guys. We'll, name, we'll say it's Dave, but it's um, like Mike and Dave Eat Snacks is the name of the podcast. That's awesome. Um, and yeah, it's just that. It's really just them eating snacks. And yeah, it's like the whole concept is they're supposed to to talk about the snacks for a while, but they never really do that. Um, but they're both funny enough to carry a whole show of just someone eating snacks and talking. That's awesome. Which is, which is awesome because we feel bad when we eat during this show. Like, we can't do it. I've starved, Ryan. <laughs> you have. You have. You have, uh, you have withered away before my ears, <laughs> unable to sustain yourself for the... Uh, the short amount of time it takes for us to do one of these things when we're not rambling on incessantly. Uh, um, so anyway, Colin first, like, hey, uh, <laughs> right back into it. <laughs> hey, I'll he's like, listen, us. hey, why don't you, why don't you cure me? Except he uh, said, listen, and then it took him about an hour to get to the head. <laughs> oh, a stuttering joke. Oh my. Um, anyway, so what's good and what's bad about this movie, Ryan? Here's the good part. Okay. It's I good. thought yeah. it's great. <laughs> the End bad part, it can, it can be bad at times. <laughs> the bad part, it's a little bad. It's not great. <laughs> um, here's the thing. The, as I said, the story is pretty good. It's about this, you know, uh, this guy who is in a – he sort of can't do another job. He can't, like, change professions, which is kind of brought up in the movie. It's not like he can go not be king. It's his responsibility right. as the bloodline to carry it on. He's got to be king. Um but this job involves a lot of public speaking, and this is right around when radio is beginning to become a very important thing. So it's not like before where you just could um, you know, look good and be a king and you know, do everything by writing. You had to actually speak to your people. So he can't not be a good public speaker, or his, especially because war is coming. This is the beginning of World War II, and he's going to look like a complete fool if he's not a good leader. Uh, but uh, he, he's sort of like in this impossible situation where he doesn't want to speak, he hates speaking. And, of course, we learn about his character, about some of his childhood trauma that might have caused this problem and how different it is to be royalty versus a, you know, a common person, which we sort of learned by the friendship that Jeffrey Rush and Colin Firth developed, this weird, unlikely friendship, let's say, between a commoner and a king. And, um, it's the like, classic cool version of uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. <laughs> now, if Jeffrey like Rush and Colin Firth movie, had been trying set... to get home for Thanksgiving the whole time, <laughs> that would have been – you're right. That's why this isn't a great movie. Because it wasn't that movie, which would have been Because it wasn't written by John Hughes. <laughs> it was not written by John didn't, Hughes. Didn't have enough Colin Firth King angst in it. Yeah, they should have been uh, trapped in detention the whole time. That's right. Uh, um, but no, it, it has that old thing. It's like two opposites uh, from different sides of the tracks got to get together. Right, and they sleep so. in the same bed, and it's <laughs> sexy, sexy times. It, uh, and Colin Firth had huge underwear uh, <laughs> that he actually washed his face with. Oh, no, it's so gross. Oh, those aren't pillows. Uh, um, anyway, how do they know where uh, we're going? I had to do two. Um, <laughs> oh, that was a good movie. Listen, Ryan. I would watch um, a buddy comedy with Colin Firth and Jeffrey Rush. I would, too. I think that'd be a great Why one. aren't there more older... I know you'll probably... Not you, but someone will point to The Hangover, but I mean older. Why aren't there more older men buddy comedies? Like, not grumpy old men old, but like, you know, 40s. Like, like yeah. the... Like, uh, whatever. Um... Uh, due date, like that. What that was supposed to be, although That's I didn't exactly see. Exactly what I was trying to interrupt you to say. Let me interrupt you. For <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Say, uh, no, due date. If anything, it's the same. The director, oddly, uh, Todd Phillips, who yeah. did hit the Hangover. But it, that's sort of like the concept. But put older people on that. Um, yes. and I think that would be more awesome. I think. Which is that's... essentially, yeah, trains, planes, and automobiles. Sort of was like that. It's we need a, a return to that heyday uh, road comedy. Um, 
And you know why? It gives uh, older actors stuff thing to do because you know they don't get those kind of parts. Like they don't get um, starring comedic roles very often. Older actors. No, all they get is the I'm dying. These yeah. are my final days. Or roles. wacky grandpa. Yeah, wacky grandpa. See, exactly. see, Alan Arkin's Oscar win somehow. <laughs> it's like, well, I guess they. Yeah, that was um, the best movie he's ever done. You're right. No. Or anybody in the cast of the Santa Claus Three. The Santa Claus. It's almost as good as Memento Three. <laughs> yeah. Almost. That's the, actually the franchise that they collided with. Was the Santa Claus franchise. Tim Allen's like work. I was watching the uh, Toy Story Three special features, which are actually pretty awesome. I don't know if you've looked into any of that stuff yet. Uh, yeah, um, no, I haven't. But all the uh, all the stuff with the you know they they go through and they interview all the different uh, voice actors uh, or I guess I should just say real actors. None of them are uh, voice actors. That's true. None of them are voice actors, but they're all cool people. Um, sure. It's a great cast to get together, and you know there's the sad stuff where uh, I think his name is Tim Blake, the guy from Boy Meets World. It's time out replacing his friend Jim Varney. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, but uh, no, some of the <laughs> there's also really sad scenes with uh, Michael Keaton, who they uh, the Pixar people loved. They talked about how great he was at improvising, which reminds me, Michael Keaton needs to get back to that. But he was, by the way, really funny on Thirty Rock on Thursday. Oh, I haven't seen it, but I'm glad he's do. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he's back in the public eye. Now, did he wear a hat or anything the whole? No, he episode? was very obviously balding. Okay, because he wears a hat the whole time, and it really looked like they told him, like, "Oh, we're gonna be filming some stuff behind the scenes on the DVD Probably. today," and he's like, "Oh, I gotta wear a hat," because he was he was really weird out of place. Like, who wears a hat to do voice work? It's kind of odd. There's another guy who, I, well, finish your story first, then I'll do my tangent. Oh, I don't know how it connected to what we were talking about. Well, I was just saying, Michael Keaton is another guy who uh, had a strong career, did both comedy and drama, and then I just don't remember where he went. Like, I don't remember when he stopped being a star. That's exactly right. I think what killed him, and I hate to say this because the, uh, they're two of my absolute favorites, but were the Batman movies. Because um, uh, I remember kind of as a kid growing up, and like, you know, I loved the first Batman, actually the first two, right? Uh-huh. Um, but I and I loved Beetlejuice, but I never put it in my head that that was the same guy. Yeah. Um, I guess because you know, heavy makeup Beetlejuice might be a bad example. But this is someone who was great at comedy, but then he like he got and his biggest movie ever was an action film. Yeah. And so I think we expected that from him afterwards, which is reasons why stuff like Multiplicity didn't uh, play so well. Oh, that's right. That was a great movie. That is a great. Actually, I watched that again not too long ago. I've forgotten Harold Ramis movie too. It's funny that he – I remember reading an interview around the time of Batman Forever where Michael Keaton said, yeah, I didn't do Batman Forever because uh, I'm at a point in my career where I don't really have to do another Batman movie. Like what he was basically saying was I've got so much money, I could never possibly need to do another stupid Batman movie. And then now it feels like he must be – I don't know if he wastes his money or if he doesn't really need to work, but he is anyway or what's going on. But now it's like I feel like he's playing Lindsay Lohan's dad and things, and it's depressing. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. Uh, like he was the president in one of those movies. I think like Kitty Holmes' dad president. Oh, wait, was he in that? And one of those. I, I forget which one it was. It might have been some Mandy Moore one. It wasn't my date with the president's daughter, but it should have been. That's right. Will Friedel, mm-hmm. is that right? Yeah. Theme song by the president of the United States of America. My date with the president. <laughs> that's probably what not how it went. But that's <laughs> Actually, how it that's almost exactly. That's how it goes. <laughs> when you have the soundtrack, like yeah. when you started singing that, I was amazed. My sister and I have a running gag about that, where the only thing we know about it is the theme song for it we made up. Uh, although I actually have seen it at this point. Um, anyway, oh, what I was—we were some, for some reason we were talking about Tim Allen. Oh, because the Santa, Santa Claus movies. But, but yeah, my point is that you could tell Tim Allen was just excited that there was a camera on him, because he's like, oh, the only work I get now is a Toy Story movie. There's another guy though who people make fun of, but like he was on TV for ten years. He must have a million dollars, right? They oh yeah. Unless he's so. wasted, he must still be rich. But he was a big name. He sold a lot of films too in his day. That's true. Um, well, he sold a couple. 
Like I, I don't, well, yeah. Like if anything, I guess like maybe Galaxy Quest. Yeah, Santa Galaxy Claus, Claus, Quest, Santa Claus, and uh, I think of, I'm like sure there were like other the third ones. big one that I'm not remembering. He was the voice of the Shaggy Dog, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He well, he had like his string of Disney films. Uh, that's all. That's what always gets you. Don't do the Disney films. Yeah, he had like that one where he adopts the native jungle kid. <laughs> oh, Jungle Two Jungle. Yeah. Oh, Jungle Two. Where every time I see it, I'm like, is this a sequel? No. <laughs> There's another one. Yeah, but Shaggy Dog is one too. Anyway. Um, for, yeah, Tim Allen somewhere hit a roadblock, too, where now he doesn't sell film. No one goes to see a movie just because Tim Allen's a star of it. Um, you know, I don't even think he could carry a film now. No, honestly. I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't think anyone like hates him or anything, but I don't think he could, he could open a film. Right, right. Um, but anyway, so then Kong Firth, right, Ryan? Right. Um, he's like, well, thanks for curing all my problems. <laughs> well, I'm, it all worked I'm, out. I'm glad I was able to give the King's speech. <laughs> And in credits. No, I actually this. I think King's Speech is a is a good film, Ryan. I think it's a very good movie, actually. I agree. Um, if there's any problems with it, I, I think that uh, it do, it's it's kind of settles into one thing and stays there. I think um, there's not enough interesting stuff happening in it that makes it that pushes it slightly over. And in the end, after it's over, uh, it's like, oh, you know what? This is you know, it was a good movie, but I it's not like a great film by any means. I don't feel like I need to tell everyone to go see it. Or actually, that, I think that was a big part of it. I didn't feel like it. it I thought it was, I get, you know, I gave it a high rating. I thought it was a good movie, but I don't feel like I should recommend it to anybody. I feel like, like it is pretty much exactly what you expect it to be, right from the first frame. I feel like what you're saying is there, are, is there aren't surprises in it. Yeah, there are, there are no surprises. Which I agree with. And very few characters besides the two get to actually do anything. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, his wife is, uh, she's like she's supportive, but is that her only role in the movie? It seems to be. She could have had a lot more to do. You're right. I would yeah. like to have seen more of her. They had, pardon me, they had one scene where. Um, where she was talking about when they met, and I thought, and like, you know, how she said she didn't really want to be in the public eye, which is why she didn't want to marry him, but then she realized that because he stammers, no one will ever pay attention to him anyway. Like, it was, it was a jokey scene, but like, um, it was a cute moment between husband and wife that I was like, yeah, more of that would be great. So I can see, like, uh, the way she has dealt with this, their entire marriage, and the way, and how she does play it up really, that like, when he finally gives the speech and he does it perfectly, the the moment on Helen like when you see Helena Bonham Carter's face like just like light up is like great like she put all her acting into that moment right yeah they and it hired pays her off that. really well yeah much um, like uh, much like Justin Long in Drag Me to Hell they paid her for the one frame <laughs> yeah, one but it was like but much like Justin Long it was awesome but it was totally worth it uh, it was really worth it um like I said but it's yeah you know we're talking about here at the end of the movie um and because we can because like I said there's no surprises going on here. Uh, and it, it ends up being exactly what you think it is, and that's not at all a bad thing, I guess. No. Uh, I don't know if I, I'd say this is best picture worthy. I will definitely say it was um, uh, best actor worthy for Colin Firth. I agree. I could have seen – I probably would have picked uh, Social Network over this for best picture. I think so, too, in the end. Uh, they were both on two stories. We also saw like uh, Black Swan and things like that. Yeah, that was really good, too, yeah. But even that, yeah, I like Black Swan too. But then once again, Portman's performance I think totally deserved. Yeah. Uh, but but the performances the end, are the strongest in this movie. Yeah, exactly right. Um, so I guess uh, I'm settling on a seven for King's Speech. Is what I'm trying to say here. I gave it an eight. I liked it a lot. Um, and I I, I have, can't say much bad about it except it could have, you know, if it didn't have any surprises in it. Uh, but you are kept interested by the strong performances. Even um, like we talked, we're talking about even Guy Pierce. Uh, and a lot of the incidental actors in it. Um, I I don't remember his name, but the guy who played the Archbishop, he's in a lot of things. He's really good, too. See, th- both of those characters had more to do than his wife in this movie, Ryan. That's like, true. They actually, those characters had arcs. Like They would start one way and they ended up in a different position towards the end. Um, 
but anyway. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I still can't, I, I don't know. I think uh, King's Peach, if anything, definitely seems like an Oscar film. Um, it even has Nazis thrown in there. Uh, but in, in the uh, in the end, it doesn't seem like one that would win Best Picture. I still see that more for Social Network, I guess. I would say so, even only because Social Network had more of a, a popular pop culture-y feel to it. Like, I, I, I know that you're not supposed to consider that when you vote for the Oscars, but I would just think that a lot of voters would be like, oh, that was, that's more relevant and entertaining than King's Speech. Um, well, so I'm surprised is... that it won. But, it, you know, it deserved to win. It was a great movie. I'm, I probably would have picked Social Network over it, but it's totally worthy of Best Picture, I think. Like I said, I think um, Social Network kind of defines a generation, and that's the importance of that film. Yes. Well, King's Speech really just kind of falls into the mold of what you expect the Academy to vote for. Um, and that's not a bad thing. This is not any sort of reflection on my uh, rating of the film or anything. Uh, but there it is. King's Speech, um, I'd say in a nutshell, it took us a long time to get back around to that. Um, so I hope none of that was really wasted time. Nah. Uh, you know. It's... We really screwed those people that fast forward to the end of the show just to hear our, our funny stuff we say that doesn't have to do with the movie. Because we snuck all that in the middle this time. Oh, ho. It's a fun sandwich. See, did? Fun sandwich. fun sandwich. I ate a fun sandwich one time. Once. She's Korean. Oh, that sounds like a sexual reference. <laughs> Look it up. It's an open face sandwich. Is it so terrible? Ah, ew. I feel like that was the end. <laughs> <laughs> but it isn't. Oh, because uh, the uh, the party may be uh, coming to a close here on <laughs> the podcast, but it's nonstop. Um, Monday through Friday, at least, uh-huh. at crickwind.com. Um, on iTunes, where the party never stops, if you like other things that aren't related to us, because it stops every week or so for us, um, we are on there, too. We can get this podcast and the four other podcasts that we probably plug throughout the show. Can I mention something real quick about iTunes? Um, uh, yes. Okay, thank you. Wait, Wait. Did, are they paying you to mention this? No, no, it's about us. Um, I was just oh. going to say that... Oh. Um, if you uh, care about these kinds of things, you may have noticed that you previously could only get the most recent 30 episodes of the show on iTunes. I did um, that. Yeah, that was a problem on our end. So I fixed that uh, at Logan's suggestion because I, I would probably not have bothered, but Logan was like, oh, I'm Logan. So we I'm fixed Logan. that, which is totally the correct choice. And now you can get all the episodes. So if you need an old episode and you don't want to go download it from criticalend.com, which is our website where we have new updates every day of the week, uh, well, every, every weekday. I mean, give us the weekend off, people. Um, if you don't want to go there, uh, you can still get every episode on the iTunes feed now, so uh, that's free. That's right. Ones. Which I, I hope our fans have kind of worked us into into uh, different phases of our critical and career here. And they're like, oh, finally, the early funny shows are available now. Right, the blue period. And I can go get those. Yeah, their blue period was awesome. Um, that's the period where we were both part of the Blue Man Group, I believe. Yeah, we didn't talk a lot. The podcasts weren't that interesting. It was just us like making, like mugging at the audience and throwing ping pong balls around and that and kind playing of drums a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. on trash cans. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it wasn't great. I think what happened was the cast of Stomp was like, "Listen, we can't do this forever. Why don't we paint ourselves blue? Yeah, and keep doing the same thing." You think it's just the same cast? Oh, I see. Whatever, whatever <laughs> happened to, to Stomp? Come on, they're still around. Stomp is still around. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's like. Uh, like Lord of the Dance stuff. Like, no. who wants to see that anymore? They're not I, but they're certainly still around. Like in the alleys and stuff. Like not on stage. <laughs> I'm right? thinking of hobos. That's Stomp, right? Okay, that's Stomp. Yeah. I thought so. Stomp was a collection of hobos 
uh, who got together and like, listen, we're only good at one thing, eating beans and making noises on cans. <laughs> and I think people would pay us for at least one of those. Up all out of beans. <laughs> <laughs> man, Duke Nukem's lean periods was rough. <laughs> I came to oh, eat bad. Man. Sorry. See where uh, big surprise Duke Nukem forever got delayed? Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, I thought that was pretty awesome. Anyway, uh, then there's also Twitter. Yeah. Uh, for these things. We're and Facebook, end. which had fallen by the wayside because Facebook... Uh, it's kind of already fading out, uh, for me at least. No one cares. So um, I, I finally got back around to that the other day. Um, so post something awesome uh, tomorrow, the next day, Ryan, so I can plug it on our Facebook page. Done. Cool. Um, and until then, um, you can, I guess, uh, listen to old episodes of us. If you really miss our voices and you're like, that Logan's got the voice that melts my butter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, be that, be that way. It's a good call. Be that way. And also, if you think that way, then then send us some letters and tell us. Yeah. Because I like we we could put that like as a review somewhere. Logan melts my butter. Signed. Hey, that, that reminds me. Have you been on iTunes lately? Do we have any new reviews? Uh, I have. I don't think we do. I think the last one was about how much you rock the jukebox. But we have oh, a five was... star rating still, which is nice. That's good. But that's just from our friends and family, right? Right. No one actually listens to this podcast, but that. Sad. <laughs> this podcast is pointless, Ryan. I'd, from now on, to see movies not talk about, and I'll show you. That won't show me. Listen, we can still have conversations about soda. Yeah. Three, uh, and Tim Allen. I feel like that's a better podcast. Yes. Yeah, you know? We should try that. <laughs> Instead of eating snacks every week, we'll just talk about soda, 3D, and Tim Allen. <laughs> that might be a depressing podcast. That might be a depressing I, I bet Tim Allen's already doing that podcast. <laughs> yeah, it, but no, he's not recording it. He just has his telephone that he <laughs> talks into. Hello, Tom Hanks. <laughs> So I'll just pick up the phone. Just watch, like, listen, he'll call one of these days if you don't pick up the phone. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to call does. right now. You don't have a cell phone. You can't tell if he's calling at the same time. Oh. Anyway. <clears throat> Hello, Tom Hanks is the name of my documentary where I followed Tom Hanks around for a year. Unbeknownst to him, of course. <laughs> right, of course. He won't actually consent to an interview. I'm actually, it was in the early 90s or the mid-90s. So if you look in that one uh, scene 23 of Saving Private Ryan, you can see me following him with a camera. Right. I'm rubbing my chest. <laughs> and on that note, Logan, <laughs> good night.